Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the RDO Podcast, episode number 54, with me, Jason Von Cannell, my brother, Alex Von Cannell, and today we are celebrating <coughs> 12 months. It's our first birthday today. Yelling. yelling. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. You're man. coming in hot. I'm coming in real hot. Oh, they, these wow, poppers are coming in hot too. Jesus. So, so that cap gun smell. Uh, are these from China? Have we just got some sort of uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Chinese-based um, yeah. anthrax? That's <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> Twelve months, bro. Twelve months. Yeah. Twelve Who months of, um, of good times. Who would have thought... That, I'm sure there's a very low rate of shows that last 12 months. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. So I think the... The statistics say that there's something there's somewhere in the vicinity of like four million podcasts or something mm. worldwide, but statistically only roughly three hundred thousand of them have actually updated in the last six weeks. Yeah, and that's in the world, right? That's in the world. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think a lot of people are the same as us who started a podcast during the the beginning of the pandemic because mm-hmm. there was nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think a lot of them drop off. After a certain yeah. period of time. When they go get real jobs. Yeah, that's that's probably a big yeah. part of it, because you and I both don't have real jobs. And also, I think, just because the it's, it's hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to do. It's actually not easy to just meet, you know, uh, yep. once a week at a set time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily easy to find subjects to talk about. And yep. ours is a relatively long one. You know, we're an hour episode mm-hmm. uh, once a week. And there's... There's people out there that I don't think could string that together. Do you want to think one of the biggest thing is that we are probably more equipped to deal with than the average podcaster? What? So every podcast goes the same way. The first couple of episodes, huge amount of views because all your friends and family go, oh, I'll check this out. I'll Mm. support them. So everyone watches it. Everyone likes it. And everyone comments on it. And everyone tells you you're doing a great thing. And then after three, four, five weeks, they just start to drop off. Mm. And you'll get to a point where your your actual listener base is actually pretty low, pretty mm-hmm. low numbers. And I think that sort of, that is taken as by a lot of podcasters as rejection. Yeah. Right? So I had, <laughs> yeah. I had 400 people watch the first one. Yeah. Now I'm down to 20. So 380 people don't like me anymore. Yeah. But as car salesmen. That's our ratio. <laughs> that's our ratio. Like... Uh, we, we fail. We 70, fail 75%, 75% of the time. 75% of the times we fail. That's right. So we're used to disappointment. We're used to disappointment. We're used to being rejected. We're used to the we majority of disappointment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and we love it. Like, we, we eat that shit for breakfast. Yeah. So. <laughs> so thank you for everyone that has uh, has been with us, or thank you for everyone that, that has recently joined us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, you know, I, we'll, we'll keep cracking on. Mm-hmm. I thought that it would be interesting just to bring some analytics mm-hmm. from our year in the podcast space mm-hmm. and to run through some numbers and sure. see if we can draw any interesting tidbits out of it. And interesting tidbits. So, yeah, I did go through and have a look at some of the numbers. So, some of the key stats. So, primarily, obviously, we started the show on YouTube and we didn't hit audio. So, we started, obviously, August last year. We didn't hit the audio platforms until January. Okay. So I think the majority of our audience is already YouTube-based. So I'll start with YouTube. So total views were up to 3,365 views okay. in, in 12 months, of a total watch time of 582 hours. 
so 582 hours of watching us speak. Wow. It's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Thank you. Um, our total YouTube subscribers are 56. Yeah. Now, they actually jumped two in the last week, which I found interesting. Okay. Because it, it sort of, it goes through periods. And, and I'm just going to make a point here. 32.9% of our watch time comes from people who aren't subscribed. So any of so you out there, 32.9%, so mm. a third of our watch time has come from people who are not subscribed to the channel. Okay. So all of you out there who are watching, could you please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a comment. It really does help us yeah. out. Um, <clears throat> so on the audio platforms, the total downloads on audio, 604. So again, it, just as a reminder to any of you out there, if you do just want to listen to this in the car, we are available on pretty much all the major audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Podbean, like a lot of the major platforms we are available on. So if you just want to listen to it in your car, that might be a good way to do it. Obviously, if you want to have input, come to the YouTube uh, page and leave a comment. Mm. That's the best place to have a, have a conversation. Now, our most viewed episode was, of course, episode one, which is up to 409 views at this point mm-hmm. in time. Uh, which is one our lowest quality video oh, yeah. by far. Oh, bad yeah. audio, bad visuals, bad mm-hmm. angle, no, both yeah. overweight. Nothing, nothing beautiful like this in the background yeah. to, uh, to give you a visual feast. Yeah. Um, Not available on audio. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was, and the audio itself was bad. Yeah. So... Obviously, like like I said, every podcast goes through the same thing. So, first five videos were over 200 sort of views, and then everything sort of drops off a cliff after that. But after we got into a groove, our, our, our next four sort of highest rated episodes were pretty interesting, because they're all within like two views of each other. Okay. So, the next two highest were with our special guests. So, shout out to Liam Randall and also to Rob Bregenstahl. Yeah. Um, they were our next two highest after we got into a groove, about 81 views each. Yep. Now, I just want to give Rob, in particular, a special shout-out at the moment because he literally came on here to speak about his club, Sub Rosa, that he was running and mm. booking musical acts for, and they were, they were having a lot of success during a very trying time. Mm. And unfortunately, that club's actually had to close due to, due to COVID. And like close at stores for good. So it, it already closed once last year and they managed to get it running again and, and everything was, was going really, really well. And then obviously just due to the constant lockdowns, I mean, it's impossible to book talent in advance yeah. because you're cancelling people at the last minute. So the capacity limits yeah. just make it non viable. And I do believe that someone had set up a GoFundMe to assist the staff of Sub Rosa. I will fucking find that. I'll put a link in yeah, the okay. in the I'll description on on YouTube if you do want to support some people who've been um, put out by uh, these unfortunate lockdowns. Um, obviously, if you want to support, please please go and support based on that link. Um, thoughts with you, Rob? It's, mm. I mean, we've already spoken a million times about how much effort you have to pour into running your own business yeah. and how hard running a small business can be already, even not including these, you know, current times. So the heart goes out to you, mate. Um, <clears throat> now, interestingly enough, our, our next highest viewed video was actually episode 46, which was Take a Propaganda, which that was about the lab leak theory. Yeah, right. What, so, when was that? That was, well, episode 46 of 54, so that's eight weeks ago. Right. 
Now, what I have found interesting as far as the, the numbers have gone since then is we, we said some controversial statements. Yeah. In that, well, I say controversial. Controversial in regards to... to you. Like controversial to the layman. Yeah, to, to, to the, uh, the uninitiated, to yeah, the yeah, mainstream media viewer. Yeah. Um, now, you'll also notice that a lot of those controversial statements have kind of proven to be correct and are just now not spoken about because it's, it's the inconvenient truth, yeah. as Al Gore would say. So um, the viewership kind of dropped off a little bit after that. I think we yeah. did upset some people. So everyone who's... Stopped... I know we upset because I got contacted by a few people yeah. saying don't do that again. Yeah. So to, to those people, I would say... Um... Go ring Koshi now and tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop watching Koshi. Yeah, one day you stop watching the cash game. One day you're gonna to have to stop watching any sort of media because yeah. um, unfortunately, as these things evolve, they they seem to be going in the directions that we've sort of already predicted. Mm. Um, so yeah, the so that was the next the next highest view video. Um, demographics of our subscribers. So we have an eighty nine percent male audience, which I'm not entirely surprised. Oh, now, possible. now that's a subscribed male audience. Now, not to have a dig at the women out there. But I think men are more quick to hit the subscribe button because I know the value of it. I think women don't know how to use the system at all. That's that's possibly part of it too. Yep. So you know, I, it's a scientific fact that women have a brain the size of a walnut. I've heard that. It was on TV, which makes it true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, eleven percent female subscribers. Now I know we have more than eleven percent ladies watching this. I know we do. So, hit the subscribe button. Now... Prove how smart you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they've all just switched off now as well. Um, I'm not scared of losing that 11%. <laughs> now, another thing too, another demographic I'm going to hit up. 100% of our subscribers are within the age bracket of 25 and 34. So, I know we've got some boomers that watch the show. Hit the subscribe button, boomers. And if, if you don't know how to do it, it's just... The button that says subscribe, just press it. Do you need to be... Do you need to have YouTube Premium to interact? Because oh, I'm not sure I've just I've been signed up for so long. Yeah, no, no. No, okay. you can still subscribe to everything. You can still leave comments. You can still do all that sort yeah, of okay. stuff. Um, can people also... Just just a side note. Can people put in the comments what advertise... Like, for the people that don't pay, I'd be interested to see what ads come up during hours. That's actually a good point. Yeah, I'd, like yeah. To, I'd really like to see it. Yeah. It'll, it'll be KFC. I hope so. <laughs> I don't care. I love it. Yeah, That's no. on all the ads at the moment, Figuring which you wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, sorry. Our, our other most watched video, which is one view behind the Lab League one, was episode 26, Can't Stop the Game, which is about GameStop's war, uh, the, the war on Wall Street in regards to the GameStop stock. Oh, which is still going on. Which is still ongoing. They're still squeezing them out. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very interesting that obviously, you know, that seemed to strike a bit of a nerve. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I also wanted to just briefly cover this. So one of the difficulties with growing our podcast, at least that I've experienced that I, I think is legitimate is we're not niche. So we'll literally talk about everything. Mm. So while that can be good because it means you can, you're casting a wide net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That net's also got heaps of holes in it because if you, if someone comes and views our channel because they like the GameStop story and then the next week we speak about something completely different, yeah. they might not come back to the channel. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, um, I'm a big fan of Bloke in a Bar, NRL 
based mm, podcast, not. one of the highest rating podcasts in the country, Shouldn't be. because yeah. everyone goes to it because they know it's just about footy. Mm. So having more of a niche thing makes it easy to, to attract and retain an audience. It's really good too, because you can just keep reciting the same thing because everyone's got CT and they forgot what the last episode Exactly was. right. Yeah. Works on me. But just have a bit of a laugh. Uh, I just wanted to run through a brief list of the topics that we've covered in the last 12 months. Now, this is not all of them, but... Yeah, some highlight. Just a brief a brief list. And I say brief, it's it's long, but it's not as long as it could have been. Okay. So, Markler, sex robots, how to get your ideas listened to at work, fatherhood, sober October, thinking big, fixing your leadership style, getting your mind and body right, the music industry, Facebook marketplace douchebags, the US presidential election, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, government and media fear-based propaganda campaigns, idiocracy, mental health, job-seeking and recruitment, scammers, New Year's resolutions, being grateful, monkey bars, Japanese war technology, (laughs) online censorship, GameStop and Wall Street, investing, Mm -hmm. big tech, indoctrination, separating art from the artist, which lens we view our own past through, mm-hmm. Honda's new business model, relationship advice, weightlifting, why Bluey is the greatest TV show, mm-hmm. video games, Afterpay, Alex's squatting tenant saga, <laughs> benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, <laughs> gunshots at auto bros, yeah. the NRL ducking and weaving COVID restrictions, the billionaire space race, Blizzard Activision sexual harassment scandal and how to begin your investment journey. I can see why it's a boys club. <laughs> I can really see why. Well, it's because we talked about space. <laughs> well, no, it, it, a lot of that stuff is very male based. So, um, women out there, if you know how to use the comment section in YouTube, put some topics that you would like us to speak about. Yeah. Challenges. And, and we do have some. Shows coming up based on feedback. We, we've had, like, in we've the last... One, uh, are we going to do the, the yeah. next week? Yeah. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about it now. Because that, but that one requires a lot of research and planning before we actually do it. Because no. I think it's an amazing topic. Uh, we've... I'm going to fire off the cuff on that one. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to do a bit of research. Yeah, okay. It's pretty typical of how every show goes. I yeah. do the research and you just fire off the cuff. Yeah. But, um, but the feedback we've had during the last 12 months of, of subjects that appeal to people... And what to speak about has been really, really strong. And we really appreciate that because obviously when it's just the two of us sitting here, we still feel like we are speaking to you mm-hmm. as our viewers and as our listeners. And the the interaction is why we do it. Yeah, and sure. uh, all of your different perspectives on things, I think are, are really amazing to see because, you know, it, obviously we talked a lot about echo chambers and stuff in the past and you and I are very similar on some things and very different mm-hmm. on other things. But we'll often just sit here talking about a subject, going back and forth, and we'll end up in the same area. Whereas yeah. one of you guys might go, oh, have you ever thought of this? Yeah. And we go, oh, no, hadn't. So yeah. please keep that coming. But um, can I just give a brief update? So just that, that sort of tweaked with me, the whole NRL ducking and weaving code restrictions thing. Right. Can I just give you a brief fun fact on that? Yeah. So uh, you remember Queensland just recently went into lockdown? Yes. So the lockdown was from... If I can bring the date up here, uh, the 31st of July, mm-hmm. 31st of July. 
So on the 30th of July, uh, Queensland Health had tweeted that... So they'd recorded two new cases of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. One case is locally quiet and is currently under investigation. So we've come on to find that that was to do with the Indooroopilly school cluster. Sure. Now, the 30th of July is a Friday. Mm-hmm. So Friday night, you it's had... Friday, yeah. Yeah, Friday mm-hmm. night, you had a double header at Suncott Stadium. <laughs> yep. Double header. And... So you had the West Tigers versus the Warriors, and you had the Broncos versus the Cowboys. Now, Broncos versus the Cowboys, local derby, always brings a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Always brings a good crowd. So the crowd number at that one was 29,136 people. The next day, we went into lockdown for a week. Right. <laughs> so the reason why I bring this up, why it sort of tweaked with me again, was because last night when I was watching the Broncos get absolutely robbed against the Roosters, filthy... I, I, on my podcast during this week, I'd given some props to the Roosters and how I'd become a fan. I'll take all of it back. <laughs> Fuck the Roosters. Yeah. They've obviously still paying the refs off, just yeah. as they've always done. Yeah. Uh, anyone who watched that game last night would be absolutely disgusted, mm. unless you're a Roosters fan, which I know many of you viewers are. So fuck you guys. Uh, but yeah, last night's crowd, 14,314 people. And I just found it interesting because obviously we're still in like mask mandate territory, mm. so you're still not allowed to dance unless you're at a wedding and all that sort of crap. Mm. Uh, but yeah, 14,000 people at some call last night as well. So I wonder if we'll go into lockdown on Monday again. Anyway. So, I mean, I, I found that... I found it interesting that it probably our most polarising podcast, but just with the two of us... Mm was the one that gained us the most and lost us the most at the same time. Yeah. I found, found that really interesting. Well, I think that's fairly typical with how uh, people's consumption of media goes, right? Like, well, at least from what we've seen in recent times, I think a lot of people gravitate towards people who are speaking the things that people want to hear or confirming your own beliefs. And if you, if you go and you listen to someone and they don't agree with your beliefs, a lot of people just mentally turn off, like, I don't want to listen to that anymore, mm. and then they move on and watch something else, whereas the people who do believe it, they're like, yeah, these guys, uh, this is exactly what I believe, and then they come back and they give you that sort of extra support, which I think's sad, um, because, unfortunately, there's so much media out there at the moment, but if you just choose to only listen to the people that support your own current beliefs, then you're only seeing half a story, regardless of what the story is about. My biggest argument is that you need to understand the motivation behind what you're listening to. Mm. And at the end of the day, mainstream media is based on ad revenue. Yeah. So their, their, sole, their objective is not to give you the news. Mm-hmm. It is to keep you engaged and mm. locked in so that they can sell ad space to advertisers. Yeah. So that's the most important thing. You need to understand that you are being shocked and outraged because mm-hmm. they've realised that that's the best way to keep you in. Mm. Whereas at the RDO podcast, we are non-monetised. That's right. We, we are, make nothing we are doing out of this. For free. For free. But one of us, one of you guys can buy us a beer if you see us at some yes. point, if you want. Yes, and then we'll say whatever you want us to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, that, but that is the thing. That yeah. is the thing, right? So Everyone's got a price. But the, that... That too, I think, is the common misconception when when someone says the mainstream media is selling you something, the misconception, I believe, is that people think that you're saying the mainstream media is selling you this 
you know, government narrative that's... Oh, yeah, that there's a know, higher right? conspiracy type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, it, but it's not. not. It, no. They're just selling you ad, advertising. So They're selling you whatever they need to sell you to, to remain relevant. That's right. So at the moment, obviously, the big thing is COVID case numbers. Everyone tunes in every day to see what the COVID case numbers are. And, and the, the news stations know it because the ratings support that. Yeah. So that means they're going to keep running COVID cases every single day because I know people tune in. And then they go back to their advertisers and they go, hey, look how well we're rating in the in your highest demographic that you're you're trying to sell to. Give us more money for advertising. Yeah. Like, everyone understands clickbait on the internet. Like, we all know what clickbait is. Yeah. And, like, all of you have clicked on an article before because you thought it was going to give you some massive revelation and it didn't. And you had to scroll down like a, a, a like on your phone, but it's this big. Mm. You had to scroll that far past all these different ads to try to get to the bottom and still leave unfulfilled because they get paid when you see all those ads. We all know how clickbait works on the internet. Why do you think TV's any different? Yeah. It's the same shit. It's the same. It's the same. So any anything that's that uses ads to to uh, monetize themselves mm-hmm. it's got to be taken with a grain of salt yeah. to, to a point to a point because yeah. there are their motivations in line with your motivations your motivation being you want to know what the truth is you want to you you want to find out what's happening in the world mm-hmm. their motivation is uh, how do I act like I'm telling the news to sell toilet paper yeah 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 that and just just keep that just keep that in mind mm-hmm. and that's where like I, I don't like the like don't do your own research. Well, you should do your own research. Oh, yeah. We actually need to learn how to get good at researching. That's that, right. That, that is the thing. So at a time when we've got access to more information than we've ever had in the whole entire history of the world... Mm-hmm. Critical thinking is frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I'm not saying Google... Don't Google how... This is my view and how... Like, show me articles... Well, for a start, don't Google it because your Google's only going to show you certain things anyway. Yeah. You have to go to, through like a DuckDuckGo or something like that. Do you that. know why I actually don't Google stuff now on my phone? It's slow. Right. Google Chrome sucks, man. Like the like in terms of optimization of, of, a, of a web browser, it sucks. I use the Brave browser. I said it ages ago. Mm. It's fast. It's got a built-in ad blocker. Yep. It, it is really, really good. It, it missed some functionality. Like, there was a couple little niggles early on, but they've updated their way out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great browser. Yeah. It's a great browser. Yeah. So, um, I've used I've just used DuckDuckGo on my phone if I'm ever mm. searching for Well, something. this uses DuckDuckGo as, as an uh, embedded search right. engine. Yeah. So, yeah, that... There's a couple of points I want to make on this just briefly. And again, point number one, we don't want to tell you what to think. We want to tell you how to think. Which is a, a lost art. I don't even want you to do that. I just want to teach. You. I just want you to think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, an old. You you remember this from from Sharp Motor Group days? But we had a sales manager whose favorite question was why. Yeah. And and it sounds and you just reduce it to the ridiculous. So and it was, in use in a sales perspective, it's like customer says, "Oh, I need to think about it. Why? I'm, oh, because of this. Why? Oh, because of this. Why? You just keep asking why." And the whole, the whole point of the exercise is that generally when a customer tells you they need to think about it, it's for one of a, a minute amount of reasons. And it's either, it's usually come down to, I want to do research and see where I can get the best price. Mm. So you're asking why to get to the truth. Mm. So we need to ask why to get to the truth yeah. in everything in life. And at the same time, stop poo-pooing people for asking why. Like, when, when has having less information ever been a positive thing for people on a whole? It never has. So, like you said, it, to me, it's a concerning thing when people go, 
like make cracks at the do your own research people oh. because even that is is a um, it's a damn is it an oxymoron it's at the same slow. time? Well, it's an oxymoron where they where they're having a crack at people saying do your own research. So they're not telling you what to think. They're telling you to go and do some research. They're not telling you, hey, it's definitely this thing. They're telling you to go and do research. Yeah. And then we're poo-pooing those people for saying, do your own research. Yeah, those people are just literally saying, don't research. That's right. Don't research. Yeah. Just listen to... Because that's the scientific process, is not to research. The scientific <laughs> process is to is to ask your overlords <laughs> what it is that you want to say, and then yeah. you say that. Well, yeah, so it's funny that you bring that up because the actual scientific method and the way that science has always been is that you have a hypothesis as a science person and you put your hypothesis out there and you'd say to your peers, peers, please try to prove this wrong. Because if every single one of your scientific peers can't prove it wrong, then it becomes scientific consensus, then the science moves forward. That's how science has always worked. What we have at this point in time is science is not science anymore. Science is a religion. And if you question the religion, you're being blasphemous. Mm. And that's a major concern. And the beauty of science is that it's constantly evolving. It literally changes every week. Well, it to suit whoever needs to. <laughs> a lot of the but, but I, mean, I mean, it changes over time. It's, mm. it's, and, but it only it's changes over time in the positive if you're allowed to question it and, sure. and rerun the scenarios and, and re-look at the, the data yeah. and, and uh, to get me started on another thing, data. Data can tell whatever story you want it to tell. So that's also something to keep in mind is um, here's a, a thought a thought provoker for you, a thought experiment. Anytime you've got a position on any subject, I want you to ask yourself, what is the weak point in my argument? Just that one question. So if you are forthright on a certain position, on a certain argument, just ask yourself, what is the weak point of my argument? And when you can figure out what your weak point is, research that weak point and have an open enough mind that if that if you know that's a weak point in your argument and then you do some research and you realize that that might have some grounds, well, maybe you need to rethink your whole argument. I used to work for a boss that I got a lot, a lot out of. And one of the techniques he would use with me is he'd come down and he would ask what I was going to do with something mm-hmm. and would instantly poo-poo it and try and get you to justify it or, or just tell you whatever the opposite is, whether it was right or wrong. Mm. Now, he was not doing it because he wanted to be right. He was doing it as a thought experiment for me. Yeah. He was doing that for me. Mm-hmm. And it was, on a, it was a couple times a week. He'd just come down and he'd challenge you mm. on everything. And, you know, you should be challenged. That's why there's a term, to challenge something. You That's know, right. You, you can't just... And look, all the stuff that we have said here on this show in years time I'd love to look back at it and say and, and say we're wrong I'd love to look back at it and yeah. go you know we missed the mark on that and well, I would I would put my hand up and say that, that we were wrong mm. but like when you sent me a message last night and said mm. hey go back to this episode and listen to this you were right yeah now we won't listen no we won't we won't go into we it, go but, into it. But, but just just out of uh, sheer luck I had one of our old videos pop up on my YouTube feed and it had a certain title which made me go, oh, like, perhaps we made some predictions in that one and this was from late last year and sure enough, some of the things that were spoken about which were polarising at the time have yeah. now basically just become the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think the thing to that I, I, I really want to consider 
and I want you guys to consider is, and I, I've had you this, guys and girl, you guys and girls, but eighty nine percent guys. Yeah, one girl. That's probably two based on the weekly numbers yeah. at the moment. Um, but one of the things in sales, so I've always found it interesting that, and I've had this conversation in private a few times with people this week, where most the majority of people think they can't be sold to hmm. and they don't like it when they're being sold to. Now, that feeling of I don't like when I'm being sold to you typically get that feeling from a bad salesperson. What a good salesperson will do is they will uh, manage the conversation in a way to where you actually think that it's you coming up with mm. all of the ideas to move forward yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's what a good salesperson does. They they just lead you in a direction where you end up just buying the product rather than them selling the product to you. That's the difference between a good salesman and a bad salesman. And people love it. They love it. They actually love it. And I've no, I know this from uh, personal experience because in sales for like 10 years, one of the things I really disliked about selling cars was trying to sell cars to my friends because I didn't want to put a sales pitch on my friends. Yeah. And what I found <laughs> remarkable throughout my years is I had a very low hit rate when yep. it came to selling cars to friends. Yep. Because I told those friends the factual reasons why this car was the best car for them, why it suited their needs the most, uh, why it was in their, in their budget. I, I told them all the factual reasons to help those people, but I didn't sell it. Mm. And then those same friends would go and look at the Mazda down the road, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, oh, this car's so much better. It's got this, it's got that. Because they had a salesperson put a sales pitch on them. Yeah. And like I said, my hit rate was extremely low. And these are selling to friends. Yeah. Like, we know how important it is now, these days, you know, to support local business and support your friends and try to give them money and all that sort of stuff. So these are friends of mine who had the opportunity to, to help me out by buying the car that was actually right for them. But because I didn't sell it to them, they didn't buy it. Yeah, that is the thing. And you need to understand, we're getting sold to every day. Well, yeah, because if they don't, they don't sell their advertising base and mm-hmm. they become redundant. That's right. So that it is definitely something, yeah, something to keep in mind. Which sort of relevant to this too is that news story that's come out of the last couple of days about um, the Queensland state government's thirty-person media spin team that eighteen of them are full-time employed. Which, when you ask yourself, like, not everyone's got media managers. Like anyone who's in a high-profile position has media managers because obviously you need to manage, especially right now, you've got a public health emergency. You need to manage the way that you. Uh, you give that information to your people. Mm-hmm. But a 30-person team, that's a lot of selling going on. So when someone speaks to you about a viewpoint that might be counter to the narrative that you've seen on TV, you're talking one person versus a 30-person team plus a media juggernaut behind it. I can understand why it would be difficult to take that person's position seriously. And, you, yeah, if you think about it like this too, that 30, those 30 people are definitely not paid to be critical thinkers. No, they're, they're, they're paid to sell. To sell a, a line that was given to them. Yeah. That is the structure of it. Hmm. So, yeah, it is um, whacked out. Hey, has anyone seen the new Suicide Squad movie? Um, I haven't, based on your recommendation to not see. So I <clears throat> did not like it at first, but I had, to, I had to pull myself up on it because I was trying to compare it against Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And it's not a Marvel movie. Yeah. So I watched it a second time. And when I watched it a second time with a more open and broad uh, perspective, I loved it. It was right. great. Yeah. 
Okay. And uh, there were some great lines in it. There was it was beautifully uh, filmed. It's just not a Marvel film. Yeah. Okay, so you need to, need to understand that. But what I found really <laughs> really interesting and. Am I going to ruin the plot? Can I talk about it? Hold on, just before you move on, can I just make the interesting point that the reason why you took your first viewing of the movie poorly was because you had viewed it through the guise of a different yes. film yes. style. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I've, the I've a, was a completely different experience. I have a similar experience with uh, the Diablo games. So Diablo 2, one of the best games of all time, in my opinion. Diablo 3, when I first played it, I was like, this is shit. This sucks. Because it was too different to Diablo yeah. 2. But if I'd never played Diablo 2, Diablo 3 is enjoyable in its own right, yeah. but it's just not Diablo 2. So because I looked yeah. at it like I wanted it to be an improvement on Diablo 2, it, it ruined the first experience on me playing the game. Anyway, yeah. T- um, talk about the plot, because well, none of you guys are going to watch it anyway. Well, it's still pretty new. I'll, I'll talk about it later. But the, on the Blizzard, the Blizzard front, mm. did we talk about the CEO step down? No. So, out of all, all this fallout, mm-hmm. and then there's a guy and girl combo that are going to run it yeah. now. Was it guy and girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was too. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. guy and girl. Yeah. <clears throat> but the shareholders are also suing Blizzard mm. because it looks like they had lied on reports that they were sending out, mm. which like, obviously would have, well, otherwise this would have, would have come out. So, yeah. And uh, I just downloaded an 18 gig update for Call of Duty mm-hmm. and... Game sucks, man. Battlefield's coming out. You guys are going to suffer. Uh, can you pick your gender in that, that game, Call of Duty? One of two, yeah. Yeah, so I'd be just picking a female character because I'm sure you've become invincible to bullets. <laughs> like, male characters aren't allowed to shoot you. Yeah, but you're not allowed guns. Because <laughs> um, Battlefield comes out, I think it's this month or next month. Yeah, okay. And by dice, and that's going to be... Magnifique. Magnifique. Speaking of sex scandals, so you've obviously also had uh, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, ousted from from office, or he resigned uh, for sexually harassing uh, everyone. Uh, everyone, because his excuse was he's Italian. Yeah. Basically, that joke's been run run to death. Um, but I find that interesting because uh, he during during last year's COVID beginning, he was reported as like the gold standard of COVID response. And now everyone's, well, anyone who follows American politics is like, yeah, Cuomo's out for sexually harassing all those women. Well, he probably should have already been ousted for killing everyone's grandparents by sending COVID patients into nursing homes. But obviously this is a more convenient political way to get rid of him because this just sullies him as a a pervert rather than sullies the democratic office as someone who's mismanaged healthcare. But... That aside, so he was called the gold standard last year. You've now got Gladys Berejiklian in Sydney, who was called the gold standard last year, who is now copping it yeah. every which way. Which my only take out of this is, I never want to be referred to as the gold standard of anything. Yeah. Like, do just sit in the Fauci middle. was the gold standard of of uh, disease response. Uh, yeah, I I never anyone who's ever referred to as the gold Bill standard. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Nick Minute, yeah. Epstein Island. <laughs> yeah, Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. America's yeah. father. Be the bronze standard. Yeah, that's and all we're going for with the RDO podcast. Sit in the pocket. We want to. We want to. We'll, we'll take third place. We, we will be the wrought iron standard. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, we're, we're we're solid. We're reliable. There's a little bit of rust showing, but that's okay. Yeah. Like at least it's outwardly shown. Anything special for you? 
Yeah, because everyone seems to everyone who gets called the gold standard seems to come out as the pyrite standard at some point. That's the um, well, there's a, there's the doodles a, gold. There's a there is a, a rock joke for you there, guys. Yep. You get a a rock joke. Yeah, for all of you, uh, what's it called? Are they geologists? That like no, they're rocks? gynecologists. <laughs> <laughs> they're always looking for rocks, expensive ones. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. Now, where were we going with all this? Oh, I need to give an update. So for my the show that I did last week, mm-hmm. um, which got got a, yeah, there was actually a lot of a lot of response. That was good. Got the question about franking credits. What yeah. the hell is a franking credit? Mm-hmm. So a franking credit, to explain it, is a financial incentive to buy stocks in Australia, mm-hmm. and basically the company pays the tax on the dividends. So that the person who received the dividends don't need to pay tax again mm-hmm. on the uh, uh, on their income from the dividend. Yeah. So it was trying to encourage people to uh, uh, encourage Australians to invest in Australian companies as opposed to investing in overseas ones. Mm-hmm. So an overseas company, when they pay your dividend, they've paid tax on their earnings, mm-hmm. and then when you receive the dividends, you then pay income tax or capital gains tax on those on those dividends. Mm. So it, it's just a it's just an incentive. So that's what a franking credit is. Yeah. So good good question, Josh, and I want to shout you out too as a valued contributor to the podcast because mm. you always bring good insight and good questions. So thank you. Please keep those coming. Mm-hmm. Much yeah, no, we love it. We love it. Yeah, we love it. So what else have you learned out the last twelve months of podcasting, Al? That. I feel like our consistency has been very strong and having a couple of episodes in pocket when, you know, someone couldn't make it or, you, you know, things happen, lockdown. Yeah, like that finance one was just pure luck. Yeah. Right? Like we, you'd been thinking about doing that for a few weeks' time and you'd record it and then we got on the lockdown, so it was perfect. Yeah. I also feel like the level of investment is something that you need to manage... Because uh, you could go crazy, mm. or you could definitely underdo it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, I've got some friends that are thinking about starting podcasts and mm-hmm. have realised it's it's actually not as easy as what, what people think. No, because there's, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Like, this is just like anything, really. So, let's let's compare it to... So, I, I've seen all these memes about Usain Bolt, and how Usain Bolt has... Uh, won X amount of gold medals and his event is only 10 seconds and that's the 10 seconds that you see. Mm. So everyone just goes, oh, he made all this money for only running for 10 seconds, but he trained 20 years of his life to actually get to that point. <clears throat> and between, obviously we record this generally on a Saturday, so there's a, a time investment for me to drive up here, so it takes me an hour to get here and an hour to get home. Mm-hmm. So we are fortunate that there's only one of us that travels in this mm. time. If you've got two people travelling, then it gets twice as hard. Mm. Um, but then after this, you've got, you know, it takes time to edit things to, uh, I've got to, we, we've got to record the audio on one thing, the video on another. I've got to pull the audio off this one thing I've, because of fucking Spotify. Yes. I've got to switch it from MP4 to MP3. So it's worse quality. Otherwise it won't go on the Spotify app. Um, and you've got to, you know, you've got to do all the uploading. You've got to do even just the small things like, um, creating titles. You know, yeah. like it's a thought process that has to go into what, what's going on. Um, then you got to lump in social media and all the social media stuff's different. So one of the problems with like that I'm having with Instagram is that Instagram, I haven't gotten around to getting third party apps to actually be able to upload videos to it. 
it's too hard, so mm. I just don't bother. Mm. Uh, Facebook, obviously, you've got it's much easier to upload these things, but then you've got a completely different different demographic that looks at it because Facebook ain't cool for kids. You know, it's Instagram, TikTok for the kids, and I ain't starting TikTok. I'm not doing TikTok. No way. So, because that's a slippery slope to dancing in your underwear on, on the internet <laughs> and pointing like 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 at words that come up on the screen. Yeah. Like, how is that a thing? Yeah, like that's yeah. stupid. <laughs> like that is that is dumb. Yeah. So, look, there's a lot that goes into it, and. Uh, I feel like, like you said, our, our biggest benefit is we've had consistency and a consistent product. Uh, I mean, I even noticed it when, so I've obviously just started, not just the tip. And I took one week off because just, it was impossible for me to record a show that week. And then my viewership the next week basically cut in half. Mm. So obviously there's so much content out there that people are pretty fickle. And if you, if you drop off, Generally, a lot of people drop off and they'll find something else to fill that gap and you sometimes never get those people back, so... Yeah, I I definitely... I'm glad that we aren't monetized because mm. if this is your job, yeah, it's really, 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 really hard. And especially when the rules keep changing. So yeah. the, I, I watched a video this morning about a, a guy who gets like a million views per, per video mm-hmm. and he talked about the new algorithm. And he's like, the algorithm, the YouTube algorithm changes every month. Yeah. And now they've got this new metric where if you have a hot video, it'll push it mm-hmm. to everyone. And like 61% of his views came from non uh, unsubscribed people that it mm. was suggested to. Right. And, and then his next video didn't get that push. Therefore, the ratio between his previous video and the new video was so different mm-hmm. that he went from a 10 star to two star. Mm. In, and then the yeah. algorithm works even exponentially against, against you. Yeah. Right? So and, yeah. I'd hate to have to try and follow the bouncing ball. and um, Yeah, and the the irony for me too, especially if you follow any sort of new stuff on YouTube, is that a lot of people, us included, have broken away from mainstream media news because it is so over-regulated as to what you say. And again, it all comes down to advertising dollars because you don't want to upset someone who, who gives you advertising money. And hey... Let's be honest, a lot of people with agendas have a lot of deep pockets to pay mm. for a lot of advertising money, so there's a lot of additional incentive there to, to mm. toe the line. So a lot of those people have gone away from that and they've jumped on YouTube because they're like, yeah, freedom of speech, you know, I can say whatever I want. And freedom of speech has completely gone out the window in the last 12 months on YouTube. Yeah. So you... like All social media. All social media. Well, not all of it. Like, there's other places like Rumble is one where you can go on and literally say anything that you want um, yeah. for however long that lasts for. So it is tempting to to put some content up on a platform like that. Uh, at the moment, again, we aren't monetized, so it doesn't really matter for us. Uh, I do want to get our audio up onto the onto the uh, podcast two point the yeah. podcastindex.com. Yeah. So one day when I get around to it, we get we can do that sort of stuff. Um, but it's, it's disheartening, you know, because YouTube is now so heavily regulated. So you've got people out there who uh, they might have created a, like 12 months ago, might've lost their jobs, might've created a YouTube channel, got a significant following, start making really good money out of it, quit everything else, stop, stop trying to get another job. That becomes your whole and sole form of income. And then YouTube changes their terms and conditions and all of your content gets either demonetized or banned from the platform overnight. Yeah. And you're seeing that with a lot of prominent people. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm glad that we're not in that, why we don't rely on 
any income from it because it's just to to me it it seems like a crazy thing to aspire to maybe maybe if you can hack one of the new ones the tiktok model or something like that you, mm. you, you can make some good money out of it but what i'd say it's, it's not sustainable yeah. it won't be sustainable so if you do make you know if, you, if, if you're a young influencer mm-hmm. and you put some big money aside do something with it you know yeah. watch my other podcast and, yeah <laughs> to, to, don't to, watch mine watch to, yeah, yeah yeah to, to um um sort of hedge your bets a bit yeah uh because i I just think in that space it can be like we still don't know what we want out of social media. I think we're still in the infancy of what we yeah, think is the and, right thing. And the issue still comes back to again something we spoke about right from the beginning on this podcast, the the flaws in the advertising model. Yeah. Because YouTube is all about advertising. Facebook, Instagram, all about advertising. Yeah. It is all based on the advertising model. And we do have this ironic uh, fear of paying a content creator for their content. So if you go back, let's go back 20 years and there was the video easy store down on, down on the corner and you wanted to watch a video because no Netflix or anything like that. There was Netflix. They were sending out videos. Oh, sorry. No, you're yeah. right. <clears throat> a lot more difficult to, yeah. to, to use. So you go down the video store and you would pick a, a, a VHS tape off the, uh, off the shelf, maybe that's not 20 years ago, maybe that's more like 25, 30 years ago, but you'd pick your DVD or your VHS tape off and you'd go and you'd have to pay to rent that for a certain period of time and I don't know exactly how those agreements work but I'm sure with new releases there was a portion of that that went back to the creator of that content in the beginning. So you were paying someone for access to the content and the content creator was getting money for creating the content. That's kind of gone out the window so we we don't we used to be quite happy to just pay a creator Mm. for their content yeah now we don't want to pay the creator and this has been the problem with the music industry since napster we don't want to pay the music creators for the content but we're quite happy to go on a free app and let the app make the advertising revenue out of it because we're happy to listen to an ad during that time to get free content yeah, so I think I think you're right in saying that Napster made us realise that we could have music for free. So mm. then the developers said, okay, so how can we give them the music for free? And they paired the advertising model to the the music. Yeah, there is a new one that has come out, and I can't think of the name, but it was sent to me where a an artist and a producer in America have have started a tech startup where they you buy the music as an NFT. Okay. Which could be the next phase of yep. it because I'm I'm very much very anti advertising model so mm. and I want to see the content creators get get paid and I want to see them uh, I want to see musicians I want to see that monetized like we talked about Rob I've had various conversations with Rob about mm. how he can actually make some money out of his his music because the yield that you get out of that advertising model is laughable yeah is laughable yeah for the amount of work that goes into it that's right so they they're there is a lot of space for innovation mm. and and especially for artistic creations, the beauty of NFTs and blockchain is, is constantly rewarding those mm. creators of it, mm. not just the people that own it at that particular time. Yeah, and I think I saw an interesting post from Lex Friedman the other day where he was referencing there's been an uptick in piracy over the last six months mm-hmm. and 
really what that has come down to. I think for, on the most part, a lot of people in the last five years are quite happy to pay Netflix 12 to $14 a month to get all the content that was available on Netflix. Mm. But now you've got so many of these different companies with their online streaming platforms, you need to have a, a, a subscription to Netflix, Stan, Amazon, Disney+. Plus. Disney+ like, there's all, all of these. So now everyone's sort of going, well, I'm not spending old-school Foxtel money on five different subscriptions yeah. just to get the content. I'm just going to go and pirate it instead. Because the greed of these companies has gotten to a tipping point where the, the cost-benefit analysis done by the consumer is like, yeah, like, you've, it's you've had your It's not just cost-benefit. It's not just... Okay, so, so <clears throat> I'm big into this space. Mm. The experience is worse yeah. now than it was... Like, then, then if you pirate. You yeah. can pirate and have a better setup than what you will having access to five different mm. five different um, um, streaming services. Yeah. So not only is it more expensive, it's a worse experience. Yeah. And a guy said to me, he, he made a great point, and going back to your video store thing, mm-hmm. one of the worst parts about the video store was paying for the video, and then the first thing they show the video is anti-piracy stuff. Yeah, that's right. So you've right. done the right thing. Yeah, yet, and you're getting punished. You're getting, you're getting punished for it. So now you wouldn't steal a bag. Some people would. Yeah, you wouldn't steal. You know, um, so it, not just the money. It's the fact that the user experience is so bad. And I was mm. joked. I reckon a great opportunity is if someone came out there and just aggregated the like. It would be cool if you and five friends could all pull your accounts together. So you only have. One person has Netflix, one person has Disney Plus, yeah, one person yeah. has this, one person has that. And then there was a there was a third party that uh, that actually was the interface that you used and it could somehow equitably, legally distribute all those five uh, uh, streaming services to five different people. Mm. I, if you made that a slick experience, I think there's, there's, there's money in it. I... I may be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I remember hearing a story potentially last year about Netflix using IP addresses to crack down on people sharing accounts because obviously particularly last year there's a lot of people at home a lot of the time Mm. and so therefore Netflix's usage went up so the amount of bandwidth they were using to send the content Mm. out went drastically up but their Their income didn't go drastically up I can tell you because I've just read an article about it their revenue went up huge yeah but the interesting thing, so this, just so you know, this streaming thing, that's not that's not the solution mm. because this that business model does not work. No, Netflix doubled the amount of revenue mm-hmm. from like one to two billion dollars a year. Yeah, their debt increased from like three billion to ten billion. Yeah. So because you have to pay for so much content to put on it, and mm. now if you're going to dilute that content across five, six, ten, twenty different mm. streaming services. Now, all these people are going to have to put massive investment. Yeah. Now, someone like Disney Plus has an advantage because they've got a massive back catalogue and they're just pulling all their assets out and we'll put it on, on there's all the kids shows. And, all. and the other thing too about that is like what I was saying before about podcasts, they're a niche. Everyone knows what you're tuning into Disney Plus to yeah. get. It's a yeah. niche. Whereas like we've all, every single household does the same dance. You log into Netflix and you spend an hour scrolling through all the crap to find something that you can agree on that you want to watch. Everyone does that. Mm. So, but going, hold on, but let me just finish my thought on the... Um, yeah. So the way I see the model going, 
is you're going to pay, you're going to subscribe. The next stage will be paying for these subscriptions and getting ads. Oh, yeah, of course. Because if, if Netflix, yes, you're increasing revenues, but you're, you're, the cost of doing it is going up at a faster rate than what you're, you're generating, mm. what are you going to do? But you could you can up the you can up the the amount, but then your competition will just lower yep. theirs and get more user base and mm-hmm. have more market share. It's we are about to change. And one of the I think the solution is, and this is not I did not create this, but I before I knew about someone else working on this, I had suggested it to you. Mm. It'll go back to being similar to payphones or like the old phone strategy where you paid a small amount of money. Mm. And you pay per minute of content. Mm-hmm. And it would be a very small amount. It'd be in cents. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to 20 minutes of a podcast, you get twenty. You pay for 20 minutes yeah. worth. If you listen to an hour of it, you pay for an hour of it. And as long as that number is not ridiculous, i.e. 15 bucks if you only watch one show, mm. or if you watch a million shows, it's still 15 bucks. Yeah. As long as it represented value for the consumer... I think that model is probably the only fairest mo- uh, the only fair model. Which I think you're already seeing the streaming companies move towards more of a payment model anyway because the amount of like premium content yeah. things that you actually need to pay. So you've already got the subscription, but then you still need to pay for this premium content. Hey, party's not over, champ. Put no, I'm on. getting a headache from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're already seeing that. But the other point I was, I was sorry when I cut you off before that I was about to make was... The reason why everyone has to scroll through so much crap is because there's so much crap on these platforms. So think about the cost in royalties to a Netflix to support the amount of C and D grade content that they have on their platforms just to try to show that they've got a big catalogue. Like, it, it, the, the cost will be through the roof. I would love to see what the percentages are for a lot of the C and D grade content and how many times they're actually streamed. Or are they just paid to be there as filler material mm. to make it look like you've got a bigger library than you do? Do you see how much that Friends friends costs to have on, or whoever got it, Netflix or Amazon? Oh, it's like... It's 100 million, no, $100 million yeah, okay. for a year. Jesus. So, yeah, it's massive for... So, it's, it's that that business model is not sustainable. No, it's not. And if you're... It's twofold. It's becoming too expensive mm-hmm. and the experience is worse. That's right. So that's why people are going to um, to pirate. And uh, J.R. Martin came out. J.J. Martin? J.R. Martin. Uh, Game of Thrones? Is that him? J.R. Martin. Creator. Are you... J.J. Abrams is a... J.J. Abrams, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is... George R. Martin? George R. Martin. <laughs> this is bad. You should probably know this. You he, continue off. He came brain. out so he came out years and years ago and he goes, I don't care about pirates. Yeah. Because for he goes, We spend, you know, we have a marketing budget of millions and millions of dollars to advertise our content. Mm-hmm. And if there's one for every one person that pirates it, they tell three people how good George it is. George R. R. Martin. Which would be G R R Martin. G O G G O Gogmobile. That's another thirty-year-old reference for all of you people yeah. out there. I worked at the place where they were um, built. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So, yeah, he. It's in effect. He's he was saying, and we know like these Hollywood companies aren't going bust, mm. although they are taking a lot of money out of China at the minute because mm. they're the only people paying. And he he said, I don't care about pirates because they are going to tell someone and someone out of their network will pay for it. Well, I also think that pirating possibly affects these media companies less than it used to because let's say that you're pirating something that's already on Netflix. They've already done the deal with Netflix. Money's already banked. 
So then if you go and pirate that thing, that doesn't affect the, the content creator. No, but the argument is that, that, well, if you should have got a Netflix subscription. I see what, I see what you're saying, but what, what the, the argument being, well, if you're getting it for free, the person that paid for it is disadvantaged because you got it for free and they pay for it. Oh, so I need to get a Netflix subscription to protect everyone else at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) But you've already got Netflix, Alex. You can watch the content. You've already got it. Yes, but if I'm sitting on a plane (laughs) and I've got Netflix and you don't have Netflix and you start watching my Netflix, then you're benefiting from my Netflix account. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so... I think they should mandate Netflix accounts. (laughs) And I think the unions should push the mandating of uh, Netflix accounts. That's I think I think especially in 2021, mandating is a disgusting term. It should be person dating. It should be person dating. Yeah, uh, you're right. I think that just uh, leads into the toxic patriarchy of our society. Yeah, oh, what's a mandate? You're gonna a mandate tells me what to do. Yeah. Well, I'm not copping that. Actually, you know, I want a, I want a woman date. Yeah. Let's let's get date. progressive. I want a woman date to tell me what to do. <laughs> Hashtag 2021. <laughs> These are the issues of our time. And this is why we'll never be monetized on YouTube. <laughs> and on that note, wow, wow, wow. thank you for joining us. I'm really, actually, I'm going to apologize to all the audio listeners because I think I popped that way too close yeah, to the mic. Yeah, I tried to move it away, but who knows. Yeah, but uh, thank you very much for joining us for the last 12 months. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to the next 12 months. And we'll see you next RDA.